Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I am Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And you put a lot of weird inflection when you said your name just now. I was trying to enunciate for once. Uh-huh. Instead of just slur everything. Just slur all the words together. <laughs> slur all their words while sober. Um, yeah. So we're back. Yeah. Uh, this episode... Number, no, it's not number 50. We talked about No, it is number 50. Is it number 50? It is. I didn't think... I forgot about that. Yeah, this is episode number 50. We spent a good 45 well, minutes sort of trying to debate if it was number 50 or not the other night. Sort of number 50. We've done like half episodes before. Yeah. Um, but officially, this is the season finale of season five, which yes. means that this is episode number 50. And that means we can struggle to come up with a naming convention starting next week. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Two weeks from now, I guess, technically. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are half a century in. Oh, boy. You know what that means. Half a century, <laughs> we're doing a century, probably. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, anyways, so yeah, we are 50 episodes deep, five seasons. Um, it's kind of crazy. I know. Wild. Yeah. It's a lot of hours of listening. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, let's get into the beer. Yeah. yeah. We were finished with that. Yeah. So this week we are going to be drinking Galaxy Vice from Penrose Brewing. So Penrose is out in the Chicago suburbs. Geneva. Yep. Illinois. Yep. This is a 7.5% beer. It's a juicy Midwest IPA. It's made with Galaxy Citra Mosaic hops. And now according to the can... It has flavors of tang, starbursts, and peach rings. I like that they put that on here. This makes me think it's going to be candy. The the label is really cute. It's metalized and holographic. Um, so it's got little Saturns. It has little Saturns on it, but it's like holographic to where like the colors are very like spacey looking. Yeah, it looks um, really nice. It's really nice, and hopefully I the photo that we post on our Instagram does it capture. Justice. Yeah. Well, the one thing I know is I don't think all of their cans are quite this vibrant. I know that their cans use the same artwork for the most part, but I don't remember them being... Maybe it's more recent where it's gotten the metalized, but what I've seen It can also before, just be the skew because it's supposed to be kind of spacey. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's just this or if it's always yeah. like this. All right. I don't remember it always being like this. Let's crack this bad boy open. It smells juicy. It smells juicy. It's really interesting that... I mean, I feel like <clears throat> juicy beers in general, like, what's the style on this one? Juicy Midwest says, IPA. They don't really smell like anything other than juicy. Yeah. And that's, like, the term that you'd have to use. This has a real good dankness to it. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, yeah, it does. I wasn't expecting that, like, level of dankness. Yeah. I think that's the tang flavor they're describing. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the Starburst of the peach rings. <laughs> I get peach. Uh, I meant the dankness is yeah. not. That's oh, the yeah. tang I think that they're describing. Um, so I really, the main reason I bought this beer was because I was on Untapped looking at flavor descriptors. And two of them are gluggable yeah. and catty. What the fuck? Um... I don't know what that means. Was someone super high when they made those terms in here? Because that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I just don't really get a Starburst flavor. I get peach. I get 
I don't know what the Starburst of Dankness is referring to either, though. Unless it's making a joke about it's like a galaxy and yeah. it's a Starburst, like you're tasting like a like a supernova kind of thing instead of like the candy Starburst, but not quite sure. Yeah, there's no real description on that. So we're gonna go with that one because it does not taste like the Starburst candy. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't taste like Starburst candy at all. Um, and I don't even think they'd be allowed to put Starburst on there. No, they wouldn't. Uh, so I think it's probably more of a play on the style. like the General fruitiness and galaxy. Yeah. It's a good beer. Um, I would not call this my favorite, like, Galaxy Mosaic Citra beer. No, I agree. Um, but it's a good... It's a solid beer. Yeah. So what are your... Oh, were you going to say something else about it? No, that's fine. It's pretty thin. Yeah, it's not super heavy on the palate. So the flavor lingers a little bit. Um, It gives me that kind of a tingly feeling on my tongue. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit of like the carbonation tingliness that you kind of get from like a Sprite, because I always like associate that that feeling with Sprite specifically. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. I actually really get that. It's like a... Like a prickly sensation on my tongue. Yeah. Um, but I would call this... Honestly, it's weird. I can't really think of three words to describe this because that dang flavor is so forward. Yeah. Um, so, like, maybe hoppy, musky, slash dank. And tingly? Peachy? Tingly? tingly? <laughs> oh, well, then tingly? Tingly. <laughs> um, hoppy and peachy. Yeah, so I was going to say... Dank, peach. I would love to know what gluggable means. I do too. I wanted to say gluggable, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it just means that, like, I think it's like someone's version of chuggable, but I wouldn't call this a chuggable beer. No, I wouldn't either. So, as we mentioned, it is our 50th episode, and yep. we have been kind of hinting towards this um, episode topic probably pretty much since our inception. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, probably. Probably since our inception, because I, I believe we talked about it, um, on our, like, one of our first episodes. Yeah. But, um, we are here to discuss Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. So, we also kind of wanted to chat about this topic today, because 2020 marks the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. The 15th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith, and then the five-year anniversary of The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, so, big, big It's a trifecta of Star Wars years related to three different trilogies. Yeah, one from each trilogy. Um, so, um, do you want to tell us, Stephanie, what Star Wars is? Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to think of a funny way to, like, not actually say Star Wars, but, like, space space battles. battles. <laughs> We're still talking in unison, man. Yeah, it's weird. Get out of my head. All right, tell us what space battles are. Okay, so Star Wars is considered to be a space opera media franchise created by George Lucas, which began with the... Well, originally titled Star Wars film that came out in 1977 and has become one of the biggest worldwide pop culture phenomenons. So, the franchise consists of movies, TV, books, 
Merchandise, more merchandise, more merchandise. Disney shit. Video games. More Disney shit. More Disney shit. Baby Yoda. Star Wars theme park. Um, Legos. There are Legos. Um, it's everything. It's Star everything. Wars is it's everywhere. Everything. It's so heavily ingrained in our culture. Our society. Our pop culture. Yeah. Um, it is in everything. Everyone. Honestly, like, I think at this point, if you have not heard of Star Wars, um, you either live under a rock or... I, I would argue that you have heard of Star Wars. You may not, you may not have seen them, Agreed. but you can piece together things. Agreed. Everyone has at least, I feel like, heard of Star Wars at this point in their lives. You may not have seen it. You may not know what it's about, but you have heard someone at some point yes. reference it. Yep. So, actually, the franchise as a whole... Holds a Guinness World Record title for the most successful film merchandising franchise. And they earned this a couple years ago. And then, as of 2020, the total value of the Star Wars franchise is estimated at $70 billion U.S. dollars. And is actually the fifth highest grossing media franchise of all time. I was yeah. going to ask you how much it was worth. So. $70 awesome. billion. $70, bi- $70 billion. So, number... For a point of reference, the top grossing media franchise of all time is Pokemon at $95 billion. That makes sense, actually. And then below that's Hello Kitty, Winnie the Pooh, and Mickey Mouse and Friends, and then Star Wars. Got it. Alright, so, premise on the original film, which was just called Star Wars for a long time, um... The idea is that Imperial forces under the rule of Darth Vader hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, who's Captain the Millennium Falcon, work together with their companion droids R2-D2 and C-3PO to rescue the beautiful princess and help the Rebel Alliance to restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. Episode 4. That's episode 4. That's a... It's really interesting because, like, for a long time that was it. No one knew anything about this. And, like, this was the premise they pitched. Yeah. And it almost stands, it stands alone, too, on yeah. its own. So, like, yeah. before it became a franchise and before it became a trilogy, it really stood alone on its own as, like, if it hadn't done well, it could have just been a standalone movie called Star Wars. Yeah. And I think when they originally were pitching it, obviously, I think that's all there was. That was the intention. Yeah. yeah. That was the intention. That was episode four, so episode five is The Empire Strikes Back. So the adventure continues with the Star Wars sequel. Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Chewbacca face attack from the Imperial forces as the AT-AT walkers on the ice planet Hoth. When Han and Leia escape in the Millennium Falcon, Luke travels in search of Yoda. Only with the Jedi Master's help will Luke survive when the dark side of the Force beckons him into the ultimate duel with Darth Vader. And then episode six, uh, Luke Skywalker battles the horrible Jabba the Hutt and cruel Darth Vader to save his comrades and the Rebel Alliance in triumph over the Galactic Empire. Han Solo and Princess Leia reaffirm their love and team with Chewbacca, Lando Calrissian, and the Ewoks and the android C-3PO and R2-D2 to aid in the destruction of the dark side and defeat the evil Emperor. So you take us back to... We'll take you back to the prequels, prequels. now. So this is now... One, one, two, three. Yep. 
So we're chatting about these in the order they came out, even Correct. though yeah, that's not like the order you're chronological. We'll come back to this. So um, episode one is called The Phantom Menace. Obi-Wan Kenobi is a young apprentice Jedi Knight under the tutelage of Qui-Gon Jinn, Anakin Skywalker, who will later father Luke Skywalker, spoiler, and spoiler alert. <laughs> become known as Darth Vader is just a nine-year-old boy. When the Trade Federation cuts off all routes to the planet Naboo, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are assigned to settle the matter. Honestly, I think I've seen this one, this one maybe once, and I didn't realize that was the plot of it. So, I've never heard the plot of it described in that way. I have Because either. there's so much weird shit that happens in that yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I don't... I, like I said, I've seen it, like, maybe once. Yeah. Maybe twice. Um, I don't think I realized that was the plot. Yeah. Alright, number two is uh, Attack of the Clones. Set ten years after the events of Phantom Menace, the Republic continues to be mired in a strife um, mm-hmm. and chaos. A separatist movement encompassing hundreds of planets and powerful corporate alliances poses new threats to the galaxy that even the Jedi cannot stem. These moves, long planned by an as-of-yet-revealed and powerful force, lead to the beginning of the Clone Wars and the beginning and the, of the end of the Republic. Um, so the third episode is The Revenge of the Sith. It's been three years since the Clone Wars began. Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker rescue Chancellor Palpatine from General Grievous, the commander of the droid armies. Oh, there's a comma there, so General Grievous, the commander of the droid armies. But Grievous escapes. Suspicions are raised within the Jedi Council concerning uh, Chancellor Palpatine, with whom Anakin has formed a bond. Asked to spy on the Chancellor and full of bitterness towards the Jedi Council, Anakin embraces the dark side. Episode 7 now is... Uh, the Force Awakens, and 30 years after the defeat of the Galactic Empire, Han Solo and his young allies face a new threat from the evil Kylo Ren and the First Order. I think it's interesting that they refer, that they say Han Solo. Well, they heavily advertised that. Yeah, they have to say, like, one person that you're familiar with. Yeah, because they can't just name these unknown characters. So, episode eight is The Last Jedi. Uh, in this, Luke Skywalker's peaceful and solitary existence gets upended when he encounters Rey, a young woman who shows strong signs of the Force. Her desire to learn the ways of the Jedi for- of the Jedi forces Luke to make a decision that changes their lives forever. Meanwhile, Kylo Ren and General Hux lead the First Order in an all-out assault against Leia and the Resistance for supremacy of the galaxy. And then the f- end of the Skywalker saga, as they've called it, is the number rise nine. of the Skywalker. It's number nine. So when it's discovered that the evil Emperor Palpatine did not die at the hands of Darth Vader, the rebels must race against the clock to find his find out his whereabouts. Finn and Poe lead the resistance to put a stop to the First Order's plans to form a new empire, while Rey anticipates her inevitable confrontation with Kylo Ren. Cool. So that's a... Yeah, so the way that you can kind of think about it is the prequels, they call the Age of the Republic, Mm -hmm. the original is the Age of the Rebellion, and then the final sequence is the Age of the Resistance. Yep. Um, Okay, cool. So let's get into our first, like some general discussion topics about us and our firsts and our opinions, and then we'll get into some other topics. Yeah, for sure. So, what was your first experience with the Star Wars movies? So, I remember my sister buying them on VHS when I was maybe like five or six. Mm -hmm. 
and she used to make me watch them, and I don't think I, I, I know I didn't understand what was happening, yeah. and I used to hate wanting, having to watch them, because it was, like, a three-hour movie, and I didn't really understand what was happening, yeah. um, and as I got older, I got more into them, so, like, when I was five or six, I hated watching it, but by the time I was, like, ten or so, mm-hmm. um, I didn't mind it as much, and then I really started to enjoy it, um, well, that's probably not ten. Because I would have seen Phantom Menace when I was seven. So I think it was probably five when she made me watch it for the first okay. time. And then she made me watch, like, the prequels. We'll go to the movie theater and watch the prequels with her, and I thought they were terrible. And then I started to watch... Then she made me rewatch the uh, four, five, and six, and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it then. Yeah. Um, after seeing how bad the prequels yeah. were. So for me... Um, I remember my brother owned the original trilogy on VHS. Yeah. And I know I had probably seen them five, six, that same time. Yeah. But then, um, I really remember getting into it actually when the Clone Wars. Yeah. Or Attack of the Clones Mm -hmm. had just come out. And I watched that and that was the first one that kind of got me interested in what was going on. I would like to thank Hayden Christensen for his contribution to my love of the Star Wars franchise as an adult, because that's um, probably what it was. Shout out to episode three, I think, where we talk about fictional characters we would masturbate to, because you definitely talked about Hayden oh, Christensen hell yeah, as... You definitely talked about Anakin oh, Skywalker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I don't think I ever really got into the prequels, to be honest. It was more like... My sister was very into the original trilogy. Yeah. So I was forced to watch it many times, then eventually kind of clicked, and I really did enjoy it eventually. Yeah. I mean, looking back, I definitely like the original trilogy more. Honestly, I think that I started to like it a lot more after she got the remastered versions. Okay. Um, I think part of the reason I didn't enjoy it was because on VHS, it was like a really shitty quality. Oh, it was so bad. And it was shitty for VHS, too. Yeah, it was so bad. Um, So, like, after she got the... So, after she got the the remastered, which came out after the prequels, is when I really started to... Or after one or two of the prequels, I think. Yeah. um, Is when I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Because it was just a much better quality, and I, I could get into being able to actually see what was happening. Yeah. No, I hear that. Um, so, who would you say your favorite character in the entire franchise is? Ooh, that's a... There's a Nine lot movies. of characters. Yeah. Um... Uh, I... I love younger Obi-Wan. Okay. Like, Ian, Ian McGregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's still naive. He hasn't, like... He's not, um, jaded. He's still, like... He's actually in it for more than a little bit yeah. of time. Um, I really enjoyed young Obi-Wan. Um, Chewbacca, 100%. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if this really counts, but R2-D2... No, that counts. Like, it's just so sassy, and I love how they made a droid that doesn't speak at all. Just so sassy, and he, like, conveys very well that he's being sassy, and, mm-hmm. like, coming for C-3PO all the time. Did you know that originally R2-D2 spoke? I did not. And they, I'm glad he does So doesn't. when they, like, filmed a lot of it, 
There was a little person in there. Yeah, there was a person in there. There there was, like, lines. And so, like, C-3PO, a lot of the time, is reacting to, like, actual lines. Oh, I did not know that. And so, yeah. Um, And then they ended up cutting it up. I mean, I I agree. Um, I would say those for the original. um, And the prequels. There's not a ton of characters I really enjoy in the prequels. Um... I'm sure you're going to name people and be like, oh no, I love that character. In the new trilogies, Poe, I'm a big fan of BB-8. Just coming for the droids. They're so cute. How can you not love them? Um, I mean, Luke and Leia. I love Luke and Leia. Yeah. So you're just going to name every single character? Yeah. Or well, you can go now. Fuck off. <laughs> um, so I think my favorite character in the entire franchise is probably... I like Han Solo. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. So if I have to pick one, I would say um, R2-D2, just because he's so sassy. He's so very sassy. sassy. All right. Um, favorite movie? So mine, <laughs> I would say, yeah, it's either... Uh, well, I think it's hard. It's Han Solo's not in the beginning one, so that one's hard. Yeah. Han Solo, or I do like Obi-Wan in the beginning. No, no, favorite movie. Oh, no, I'm saying, but I'm still oh, thinking characters okay. because... Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, Han Solo, but wait, he's only in, like, yeah. four of the movies. Um, What's your least favorite character? I really want to say Jar Jar Binks, but, like, I feel bad because I know, like, we're going to talk about this a little yeah. bit. As a character and not like as an actor or anything like that, like Jar Jar Binks as a character is just fucking awful. Least favorite as in like someone I just generally hate. I mean, I hate Palpatine, but like that's you're just supposed to hate Palpatine. Yeah, I mean you he you can still hate. Like I hate Palpatine. I'm trying to think. My least favorite characters hate Padme. Hate her. Oh, she I can forgot go out her. the fucking window. Yeah, I fucking hate, hate Ray. Padme. So Ray much. can go out the fucking window. Yeah, hate it. I don't know. And maybe we can talk about this in a little bit, but they're, they're, like, heroines are bad. After the original trilogy are just bad. Yeah. They're not likable. They're, I think they're trying too hard in them. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about we'll that. We'll come back to that. So, okay. So, favorite movie? Um, I would say Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. That's wild. Nothing happens in that movie. There's so much Yoda in it. Speaking of Yoda, I actually saw a really good Reddit thread that was like, do you think Yoda's like fucking with people when he talks that way? And somebody was saying that like, Yoda has lived so long, it's like somebody that spoke old English. Yeah. Meeting like our generation, and yeah. that's what it would sound like to us. Huh. And that was like the comparisons, like that's how, he speaks that way because he's so old, that's how like they spoke when he grew up. Sure. And like... What we understand now, like, we obviously, like, form our sentences differently and speak differently. Yeah. So it would be, like, equivalent to someone from medieval times coming, like, and living long enough to meet our generation, where we're young, like, fucking yeet, and <laughs> it's lit fam. <laughs> and then, then being, like, the old tavern over yay. <laughs> okay. Um, I think mine is probably, like, favorite movie-wise is A New Hope. 
Yeah, that's probably my favorite. That's the one I watch the most. Actually, I think the reason I watch it the most is because I've started making it a drinking game where every time they do a screen wipe, you drink. Okay. And then, all right, you don't make it very far. Worst movie. One, two, three. The first Phantom one. Phantom Menace. First one. <laughs> uh, Change my mind. Last Jedi. I would watch Phantom Menace over a shirtless Adam Driver. That's how bad that movie was. That movie is so bad. Um, Best villain. Darth Vader. I would say Darth Vader. Uh, No, the the best villain is Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Worst villain. Kylo Ren. He's a bad villain. (laughs) Kylo Ren's a punk bitch. Kylo Ren is a punk bitch. Um... Who's the guy that takes over at the end that shoots General Hux? He's like, I found the mole. Like, shoots him? I don't know his I name. don't like that guy. I don't know that name. That guy's name. I don't know. I don't like that guy. Um, Best hero? Luke Skywalker. Agreed. Worst hero? Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Ray. Um, okay, so thinking of... The way, because we've kind of talked about how obviously there's like different ways to like look at the movies. Um, so, what order when you're watching, <sighs> what's your ideal way to watch the movies? Um, I would watch four, five, six, skip one, two, three, seven, nine. Yeah, so that's actually, I mean, I'd watch eight. But I mean, I would watch the way eight. you're so—it's not as bad as one, but so what you think it? It's yeah, worse. Yeah, so I would probably just for my own entertainment watch it four, five, six, one, two, three. Yeah, seven, I mean, eight, if I nine. didn't have, I would watch. If I was sitting here like gonna watch every single one in a couple days, I would do that as well. Yeah, I've never actually sat down to watch it one, two, three, because it would four, take five, like six, seven, eight, nine. I don't. I feel like that's weird. That would be this weird. It feels to do. so weird. It feels weird. Like watching it chronologically feels weird. I feel like it always has to be four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So they actually. I don't know who came up with this, but there's a thing that's called machete style, and mm-hmm. it's supposed to get you. It's in theory, if you've never watched it before, you can get as far along without having to like. You can, like, cut the bad shit from it. Mm-hmm. So you'd watch it four, five, six, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Well, maybe you cut eight out of it nowadays. I don't know. But the theory, the, theory, the theory is it. that you go four, five, six, or no, wait, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. You go four, five, two, three, no, yeah, yeah. four, five, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. Why would you... Because all of it culminates in the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I guess that's kind of weird, though. I forgot that's machete style. That's kind of weird. I, I've never watched it that way. I, I would be interested either. in doing that, though. Yeah, no, I think that'd be really interesting because that gets you through. Yeah, the, like I mean, main one story need to exist, and then you get the background story, and then it all comes together yeah. in the end. One doesn't need to exist. Actually, remember, I remember first watching it and my sister explaining that 4, 5, 6 were prequel or were uh, sequels. Yeah. And I was like, then what are like the, what's 1, 2, 3? And she's like, it's not out. Like, it's, they, they never made 1, 2, 3. 
Because I was again, they hadn't come out when I first watched it. I will it. say I had a really hard time grasping that I did for too. a long time because when we were growing up, one, two, three was coming out. Right. Well, when I first watched it, one, two, three were not even announced as coming out. Like when I first watched it, yeah. my sister had to explain. She was hardcore explaining like four, five, six are all that exists. There may never be a one, two, three, but all we have are four, five, six, and these are. It's been like twenty plus years. Um. Or around 20-ish years. And there hasn't been one, two, three. So there may never be one, two, three. But, like, the idea is that there would eventually be a one, two, three. But he released four, five, six. And I was just like, well, why would you do that? Why would you release... Because they weren't four, five, six until he decided right. he was doing one, two, no, three. No, right. But she did always explain that they were sequels. And I don't know, like, maybe they were announced. I don't know. But, like, I don't know how I'm she's... assuming so. When I was... Well, obviously, no, Phantom I... Menace came out when we were young. Right. But I remember them, like... I'm pretty sure on the VHS it said episode 3, episode 4, or episode 4, episode 5, episode 6. That's because they had already come out with Phantom Menace at that point. On the VHS? Mm-hmm. Maybe. the VHSs we had were 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. And the only thing that existed was episode 1. Yeah. And my brother bought episode 1 on Maybe VHS. Maybe that's what it was. I don't really remember way. super well, but I was very confused about that and why they would do it that way. It's because it wasn't meant to be that way yeah. until afterwards. Yeah. Um, I mean, hence episode four was originally called Star just Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. It's just very. It was very confusing as a young child watching this and having my sister trying to explain to me what was happening. Yeah, and why it was done this way. Yeah. Um. So the next thing, well, we'll get into the plot holes a little bit later. Okay. The next thing I really enjoy is the fact that um, the prequels introduced this whole like weird situation with the midichlorians well first of all it introduced midichlorians to begin with which if you don't know midichlorians are like this particle i believe in the world that like is the force and in the original trilogy the force is more of like a religion where like you believed in it and you had it technically being a jedi is a religion well yes we'll get into that (laughs) um we have a lot of things to get into and we're already long um, eh, most of this is going to get cut anyway, so it's fine. So, midichlorians are like this particle that comes into the world, um, and, uh, let me read it, this is probably Wikipedia. Is it on Wikipedia? So, uh, George Lucas explained, um, that midichlorians are like in everybody, and Force users are trained to be able to, like, harness that. Huh. And Anakin Sky... Well, for a normal person, you have, like, one, a couple parts per million. Like, in each blood cell, you have, like, one or two. Um, in Anakin's case, instead of one or two, there were, like, a thousand. And so he had a ton of midichlorians. And it essentially insinuates, and in the movies it's very obvious, that... They explain that, essentially, Anakin's mom never had sex with anybody. I don't know that's been proven. It's been implied, so not it's, proven. It's been implied that she had a virgin birth, and that Anakin was created through midichlorians, like, coming into her and, like, creating a human inside of her, and that's how he was born. So I think that she did have sex, and that Obi-Wan was an idiot trying to interpret that prophecy. He may have been, Anakin Skywalker may have been the chosen one, 
but I think he was born as of normal causes. He's not Jesus. Although Jesus isn't real, so there's that too. Well, that was the point, is that Anakin was prophesized as, like, a essentially a virgin birth, like someone that the Force chose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he had such a high concentration of midichlorians that he had to have been created by the Force yeah. as, like, the, the savior, quote-unquote. The chosen one? The chosen one. Harry Potter style? Yeah. Um... Let's talk the differences between a Sith and a Jedi, too, because that's kind of Yeah, confusing. I think that's kind of along the same lines of where we are right now. Yeah, anyway, so, so um, obviously in the movies, all Siths have been evil. Yeah. They, um, Anakin, Palpatine, Grievous, um, Kylo Ren. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Um, and then recent ones. Big guy. The one that was with Kylo Ren. That was like, turned Kylo Ren. Snoke. Je- uh, Snoke. I like how you call him the big guy. I'm like, I don't know what you're the saying. Big guy. So, um. Not helpful. Listen, I found this yesterday when I was drinking. Okay? So, depending on the definition of Sith you're using, um, it can either refer to a forced tradition that began amongst species. So, a lot of people use the term Sith when they mean to say Dark Jedi. But my understanding of what a Sith is, is that Siths like, allow emotions and feelings. Yeah. Whereas Jedis completely remove that aspect of themselves. Yeah, so the way I've always kind of thought about it is that the Jedi itself is a religion. Mm-hmm. And the Sith are kind of like the atheists. Yep. That feel as though the religion has let them down, so they've gone to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So... It says that the dark side is driven by negative emotions such as anger and hatred. Positive feelings such as love and light are part of the dark, the light side. That's nonsense because the Jedi aren't supposed to feel any of that. Right. So this Reddit post says, Orthodox Jedi opposition to quote-unquote passion is because they believe the most effective way to, present, to prevent oneself from giving in to one's negative emotions is to suppress all emotions. So the way that light side Jedi's remain light is by not feeling anything which I, from my understanding like Luke's followers were allowed to feel things and he tried to change the Jedi's from feeling nothing to learning how to harness the light feelings yeah. and positive feelings instead of allowing the dark side and negative emotions to rule them and that's my understanding of the biggest difference between a, a Sith and a Jedi is so if you're a Luke's Jedi it's that you do feel things but you don't allow yourself to give into the negative negativity. Yeah. Um, you got to block out those emotional haters, man. <laughs> Sorry to see you. Blocking out the haters. Blocking out the haters. Um. So, according to like the extended extended cano- canonical universe of that was a really big word. Look at you. According to the extended canonical universe of. Star Wars that no longer exists now that Disney has bought them out. There have been good Sith Lords. The mouse. Um, generally speaking. But we typically do associate Siths with the dark side. It's not necessarily accurate, but it's what, like, what all we have seen as far as, like, movies go, the popular culture of Star Wars has yeah. been that Siths equal evil, Jedi's equal good, but not necessarily true. I kind of almost 
think about it the same way as like I was saying with like religious people and atheists. Like yep. atheists are viewed as like these bad people by the religious people because we don't have anything like guiding yeah. us. Yeah. But then so it's not necessarily true that you go to the dark side when you become a Sith, you just don't support the Jediism religion. Of nothing. Yeah. Yes. So, we mentioned, or I mentioned previously that I don't love that I hate Jar Jar Binks because of, like, how he's been received in the media. So, let's get into kind of more of the problematic pieces of Star Wars fans, where it can be kind of a toxic culture. So, um, I mean, we were talking about how Jar Jar Binks is considered to be one of the most hated characters of movie, like, within the franchise, and but he's general, also been within, considered, like, media, yeah, within movies. all media, he's considered to be one of the worst characters. Uh-huh. So the actor, actually, Ahmed Best, has talked about how difficult he found the abuse that he met after his first major screen role. This was his first big time role. Yeah. Um, he's even discussed how he felt backlash so heavily 20 years after it came out that he contemplated suicide because people like literally made him to feel so bad. Yeah, and part of that is um, with Kelly Marie Tran um, in The Last Jedi... Rose had a ton of backlash on that as well, where people felt her character was useless. Um, I think people didn't love the, like, romance between her and Finn. Um, I mean, my personal opinion is that, yes, her character did not add anything to the story, but it's nothing to do with her. I mean, she was also part of a B-plot. Yeah. She was a minor character in a B-plot. Yeah. At that point. Um... And in a movie that people just generally didn't like. Yeah, people did not like. I mean, so clearly I of, didn't even like The Last Jedi. It was a lot of um, negatives going against her. But unfortunately, with our with the social media age that we're currently living in, there was a lot of misogynistic, racist um, comments about her being in the movie. And she is the first minority woman to be a major character in the Star Wars yeah. That's not wrong. Um, She got, apparently, so much um, negativity and misogynistic, racist insults that she quit Instagram. She completely went off Um, social media. And Daisy Ridley as well, apparently. Oh. Did it just after um, uh, The Rise of Skywalker came out. Really? Yep. So, it's, it's really interesting that the Star Wars fans feel like they, I mean, there's a toxicity with that, but they feel, I don't want to like generalize, but this isn't something that you see as broadly in other franchises that you do, as you do in Star Wars, where it's happened with multiple characters, multiple actors, where people are associating their characters that may be poorly written or, um, like just... And assume it's the actor's fault because people are they hate the character. Yeah. So I think that's probably due to the nature of people are so into the original three films that anything that's not that story of the original three films yep. and isn't 
Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie doing their thing, all they want to do is tear it apart. Which is kind of interesting, and this brings me into something that I want to talk about but it's not actually on our list. And I think that's part of the reason that J.J. Abrams wrote um, The Force Awakens the way he did. Okay. Because Where it was meant to be a mirror. Essentially, of... yes. So, like, there was a tried and true... No, I say finish. There was a proven track record of um, the original trilogy doing well. And then you see the prequels doing extremely poorly and people hating them. So it almost feels like that's part of the reason that he tried to mirror A New Hope. Yeah, no, I, d- I don't disagree. And um, whereas Ryan Johnson tried to stand a- apart a little bit by creating this new movie on his own and people hated it, it was also bad. It was bad. But um, it's you're not wrong. Like, they, it's like, the original trilogy is a cult classic. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's, it was incredible when it came out. It's almost cult-worthy the way, that, like, the fandom. And I almost wonder if it was even worth expanding the trilo- like the franchise, knowing that pe- it would never live up and people would not enjoy it as much. I mean, that's an entire thing within quote-unquote nerd fandom as it is on its own. People are typically... Unhappy with the portrayal. Straight and... white men yeah. have a tendency to tear apart any fandom that changes from what the original was. Yeah. We see that in Marvel, we see that in Doctor yeah. Who, we see that in everything. But I we think do. Star Wars, we've seen it the most. Agreed. Because we're seeing that a lot of the hatred is towards women, minorities, and then Jojo Binks. And Ryan Johnson. And Ryan Johnson. Um, but like it's it's hard when there's such a heavy following towards these movies that have been around for at this point forty years for uh, episode five and then seventy seven was in the first one three came out. years yeah so a lot of these ever people have been watching these movies for forty plus years yeah and. There's obviously now a new formula, a new... Disney, a new mouse behind the scenes. Yeah. Pulling the strings, and it's kind of hard to um, create something when there's a dollar value also assigned to it at this point. I mean, that's fair. When Star Wars, uh, or the original trilogy came out, it was a new formula and a a new concept to come out. And now it's like, it's a cash grab. Oh, yeah. And there is some kind of repercussion for it not doing well, so it has to appeal to the general masses. Yeah. Whereas the original trilogy were not, it was a, it was a gamble, and it was not guaranteed to do well. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to look at it. Especially, like, knowing, like, the Disney acquisition that happened, and... Yep. All of Disney's hand. Yeah, and like not just Disney's hand, though, but the prequels kind of were a cash grab where, like, they had to have, like, they needed to be appealing enough to do well. And it was, like, these movies could have, like, the original trilogy could have stood well on its own. The reason they went on and told the prequels, though, is because George Lucas had more story to tell. Yes. But he had been telling it through books. Yeah. And now he was trying to appeal to the general masses by creating a movie. And that's kind of, I think, where 
why the tr- original trilogy stands alone is because it was um, a story that was meant to, to be told as a story. They did a good job of telling it. Yeah. And it was a gamble, and they they tried this new thing that hadn't existed, and then it became, like, expanding on that, and sometimes you don't necessarily need expanding on something that's already great. I'm glad it's out there. I mean, I'm glad it's I'm out I'm glad there. it's out there, but I'm also not the person that's going to freak out on actors or freak out on George, yeah. uh, George Lucas or Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams for telling their their stories. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's entertaining, and that's what I hold it at. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's been actually kind of painful, this final franchise coming out, and to see how negatively fans have been treating the actors. Yeah. Um, and then I think we've seen that, like I said earlier, like more with Star Wars than we have with anything else. I would agree with that. Where people are like genuinely attacking the actors. And they're genuinely upset about a story and about like an act of fiction. Yeah, it's it's a story. It doesn't matter. Um, and this kind of brings us to the next topic that we want to talk about is... I love this one, by the way. <laughs> um, the actors and how they are reacting and, like, their presence online and in interviews towards these movies. So, this actually off, starts even before the people we've talked about. Uh-huh. Uh, Harrison Ford was saying that Han Solo should have died in episode six. Yeah. Um, Harrison Ford has been very vocal about Han Solo not making it past the original trilogy. Yeah, he's been very vocal about, like, he was part of episode 7, obviously, but he has been very vocal. And 9. And 9, but he was very vocal that he, like, Han Solo should have died and there was no reason to continue his legacy. Yeah. Things like that were even... Even how some of the characters were written past the first film... People didn't think, like, the actors themselves were like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So, like, I've watched a, there's a documentary about the making of Star Wars, actually on Disney Plus. Okay. Where Carrie Fisher even talks about, like, how the nonsense of this film franchise was being in it. Yeah. But we, I think because times are obviously different now, we have social media and a lot more interviews. It's a lot more prevalent. It's more like prevalent with this new out there. franchise yes. the most. So John Boyega has been very outspoken about Finn and Poe's relationship. And I mean, Oscar Isaac's been on that same page. Exactly, yeah. Um, but they've been, both been very vocal about their characters and their storylines that they were involved in. So, um, for those that don't know, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac have basically said that they, their relationship with their characters relationships should have been, um, like a romantic relationship. It shouldn't have defaulted to Finn having a weird romantic thing with Rose. It should have been like the two of them Yeah, because it's very over subvert, I guess. I think, I think it's a vert. I think it's a vert. Um, they think it's a vert. But John Boyega has been um, very outspoken towards this, and it was actually, re- like, interestingly enough, um, and this is to go into the Marvel Universe, Sebastian Stan actually recently spoke out, of, or posted something about um, 
or like retweeted something about um, how uh, Captain America like did him wrong and they were there to they were it was till the end of time or till the end or whatever but then like goes back in time and like leaves him there yeah and he posts something about it on social media and John Boyega said like welcome to the club about speaking <gasps> out against ooh that's what franchise heat. you're in yeah yeah um. So it's really interesting though, because there isn't a backlash at this point for like actors having an opinion of the way their characters were treated or um, dealt with in th- in franchises. Yeah, I mean Oscar Isaac's been in that same boat. Yeah. So he's talked in interviews that he thinks that Poe should have had a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting, and this kind of brings us to the Disney formula, where. In um, The Rise of Skywalker, there is a, like, at the very, very end, two women kissing, and Disney Lasts Formula... about 0.5 seconds. And Disney Formula was like, this is us being LGBTQ positive, um, and, like, this is equality, but, like, you missed a very obvious opportunity to have a, like, homosexual relationship. Yeah. It but, didn't like, you say that, like, you that girls, overtly it didn't. homosexual, because it clearly wasn't, but it had enough of it where well, it would have been fine. You could have acknowledged it. Yeah. Um, and I think that just kind of comes back to representation in media. I will and, say this franchise, the newest one, has been the most diverse agreed. that we've ever seen it. Agreed. But, um... Baby steps. Baby steps, but they missed a very obvious opportunity to make us to make a stand and to show their inclusivity yeah no i agree and john boyega and oscar isaac have basically come out and said that like you could have done more and this was an opportunity where you could have done more and it would have been easy to do yeah i think the other thing that's been pretty obvious is listening to any interviews with the actors especially this most recent franchise i think Uh again we've seen it the most if you, like, watch interviews with them when they're, like, having discussions about, like, the final film, yeah. they're not happy with how it No, they're out. very much, and this is, like, a viral clip. Oh, yeah. Um, Emilia Clark from, from Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones, who plays Daenerys Targaryen, um, is on the red carpet, and they're asking her about the last season, and she goes, greatest season ever, very lacklusterly, <laughs> and <laughs> it's very much that... Is how everyone seemed to describe this most recent film. Yes. Yeah. Um, Speaking of this most recent film, and I alluded to this at this point, it... So... Let's go to plot holes. Well, let's go to the final, the most recent three movies. So this most recent franchise trilogy. Um, The Force Awakens is a great movie, in my opinion. I loved I it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I loved it. So coming into um, The Last Jedi, because The Force Awakens was so good, everyone's very yeah. excited, no idea what happens in that movie. Yeah. Does not move forward the plot at any point. Um, so I, I, we, you and I have talked about this in multiple episodes, that coming into The Rise of Skywalker, we had no idea what the plot was, no idea what... like how they would end it because there's like nothing driving the plot at this point. Yeah, well the we rise talked of- about this where um Force Awakens and The Last Jedi it's be- it's the nature of 
J.J. Abrams built this plot and Ryan Johnson was like, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Which is fine, but you can't do that in a three-part series. And then J.J. Abrams came back and... Totally uh, rewrote everything that happened. And we've talked about how he basically had to create a plot and Mm -hmm. then end it in three hours. Yeah. Um, So in doing that, he created a ton of plot holes for the entirety of the franchise. So yeah. the life force bit, specifically what I oh, want to I talk about. Oh, I hated that. I hated that so the much. The fact that people can give, if you have a force user, can give part of your life force to heal other people or to resurrect them was just like, I don't even know what that introduced. I read something once about how like Kylo Ren and Rey had this bond and that's why he was able to exchange his life for hers. But in the beginning of the movie, Should she seals... Some just like passed it back and forth. That's though. also a plot, like constantly just touching each other, just hold hands, and you're always passing each other's life. Yeah, forces. like, but like, if that's the case, then why was she able to heal someone in the beginning of the movie? The snake thing. Yes. Um. So, like, the life force is that you're giving part of your life to somebody else to heal them, or if you're resurrecting them, you're giving your life force to them. So, have you seen the TikTok where it's like? The one where it's uh, Ben force heals Ray, die, or like and him and Ray are like passing lives, and it's like the hey, hey, what? Have you seen that one where it's like Anakin no. and Padme in the background? He's like, what? No, but that's the whole plot force that it, or the whole plot that it, like the whole that it makes is that if that were the case, Anakin could have given some of his life. Back to, to heal Padme after the birth of yeah. her child. Well, after, after, he, basically after he basically strangled yeah. her to death. Um, I mean, it's just very problematic as far as the original and, like, the prequels go because there's... If this was a thing that could happen, then it should have happened earlier. Listen, we've already established that in the final movie, Ben Solo was not supposed to die. We haven't established that on the podcast, so... In Talk about the theory. Okay. So, well, we've established, and I think most of the I internet have, yes. has established. Yes. Okay. So, the entire way that the final movie was cut together, especially in the last scene where everything's coming together at the very end, when Ray comes back, and they're all like, yay, we won the war, or whatever. The way that her facial expressions work... There's another character that should be there. Mm-hmm. And the way that, like, she looks around and she interacts with the other people, there's a character that is supposed to be there that was just cut out. Well, and that you... comes back into John Boyega being very vocal about yeah. this movie. Yeah. Because a, a, the majority of what he's been talking about on the internet is that he wants the director's cut, like J.J. Oh, Abrams' yeah. cut, to be released because there's a lot of footage that was, they think they cut, like, an hour's worth of footage. I think so. Which, in my opinion, probably brings that back where Kylo Ren did not die. Ben Solo. Ben Solo. Also, talk about Ben Solo for a second. Oh, so, so in the final scene of Rise of Skywalker, there are two left hands putting the lightsabers into the ground. So that means Ben Solo was there 
and he was supposed to be there. And if he wasn't supposed to be there, why did you only see the Force Ghosts of Luke and Leia? You should have saw Ben. Um, agreed. Also, there was this whole thing about um, Finn wanting to tell Ray something that he never oh, tells yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I read online that it's basically him saying that he is a Force user because. Right, we established that in the first movie. Right, but he was telling her, essentially, that he believes in the Force and that he's a Force user, and that was was all cut out. There was a lot I wish they had done. Release the director's cut. Release the director's cut. Um, Also, do you want to say that, I know we have very many arguments about Adam Adam Driver. Adam Driver's a good actor. I don't mind that he was Kylo Ren. Also, he looked really good. And this is the only time I'll ever admit it for this 10-minute... Listen, y'all. Listen, y'all. For this 10-minute section of when he was, like, looking like a regular Jedi with, like, torn-up clothes, looked very hot. And I'll give you that. So, rumor has it those were his own clothes. <laughs> looked real hot. <laughs> looked real hot when he, like, gave up his life force for her. And the torn-up black clothes looked real good. I'll give you that. He looks real good all the time. Um, and I think that covers it for Star Wars as far as the base episode goes. Um, keep listening through for our final thoughts. Yep. Um, after the song, we will talk some more. Yep. Okay, so for final thoughts this week, we thought it'd be fun to do a Would You Rather style quiz that I found on the internet. On the interwebs. So, I will say, this came out right before The Last Jedi. So, okay, timing phrase. That's where we are. Cool. Okay, would you rather live on Jakku or on Hoth? Jakku? I was going to say it, because Hoth is too damn cold. Hoth is too damn cold. Pick the transportation that you would rather be in. A Millennium Falcon or an X-Wing? The Millennium Falcon. I don't know why I said a Millennium Falcon. It's the (laughs) Millennium Falcon. You gotta blow that piece of junk out of the sky. All right. Would you rather be BFFs with Rey or Kylo Ren? Rey kind of sucks, so Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Well, that's because you want to fuck Kylo Ren. That is not a question that is in the would you rather. That was just a statement. If you had a lightsaber, would it be green or red? Green. I agree. Actually, mine would be purple, you know, like Mace Windu style, because Where, Samuel L. Jackson got what he wanted. Do you want a blue or a green lightsaber? Purple. Blue or green? Purple. All right, you're getting a purple one. Would you rather be with the First Order or the Resistance? The Resistance. The Resistance. The Resistance. Actually, we work with a man, though, so. That's true. We're basically in the First Order. Yeah. Which droid would you rather have with you, BB-8 or BB-9E? BB-8. I'll say. That's, that's not a question. That's not a question. Who would you rather have to battle, General Hux or Supreme Leader Snoke? Um, I don't want to kill General Hux because he's hot, but I would say General Hux. I'm sorry. Are you into Donald Gleason as we well? We talked about this. <laughs> Love Donald Gleason. General Hux. I got the photo of Donald Gleason as well. Uh, who would you most want at your Star Wars themed birthday party? Poe or Finn? Poe. Yeah, I want Oscar Isaac at my Oscar party. Oscar Isaac. 
Would you rather hug a porg or Chewbacca? Chewbacca. Yeah. What kind of question is that? Would you rather run from an AT&T or a Night Watcher worm? I don't know what that second one is. Um, yeah, I don't either, so let's just go with AT&T. They actually, no, an AT&T sounds awful. Let's do the other one okay. so we don't yeah, know what it is. <laughs> Could be worse than that, though. The force is strong with you. All right. Tight. Cool. Thanks for listening. <laughs> May the force be with you. Um, if you like us or hate us, doesn't matter. Just don't hate us. us. Don't Please. hate us. But go on your favorite podcast streaming service, rate us a five or comment. Just comment. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Review. Um, and keep listening because this was episode 50. We have not come up with a new naming convention for 60 through... Whatever. 50 through, 51 through 60. Um, but, I mean, we have some good shit in the making, so keep listening. Yeah. Uh, listen through the song for our social media plugs, and we will see you next time. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.